the game's all about. All of a sudden, you feel like you can't miss. I'm just leave it up there. You couldn't make that if you tried that again. Absolutely not. Spread the floor. Let's go. What up? What up? Welcome to Buckets, the fantasy basketball podcast here on the Action Network, presented by Prize Picks. I'm your host, Dan Titus. It's All-Star Weekend. Joined with my boy, Adam Koffler. Man, we uh, week 18, we had a double whammy. This is the uh, second part of the week, so we gave you guys some good suggestions heading into All-Star break. Now we're going to look ahead to the post-All-Star break and uh, get into the remainder of this week that only runs from Thursday to Sunday. And then, man, we are getting awfully close to the playoffs, so we'll give you some uh, little playoff look ahead as well. But, um, yeah, start off the show, Koffler. Wanted to get your thoughts. How atrocious was All-Star Saturday night for you? Uh, potentially the worst dunk contest I have ever seen in my entire life. Um, they need to change that up. It either needs to go, like, first in the order because it's no longer, like, the pinnacle event. Like, the, these days, the three-point shot in the NBA is just so much more important than, like, I don't know, like a, a random dunk that's been done, you know, a million times before. Uh, or, or like do something different with it. Like, you know, put Jared Allen or Rudy Gobert down there and just have guys like yam on them. Because, I mean, we see Joel Embiid on Jared Allen crime. Uh, stuff like that is, is awesome to watch in game. So it needs to be spiced up a little bit. But obviously, Carl Anthony Towns stole the show, right? His odds were plus 1,200 or 1,300 to win the three-point contest. And that was pretty yeah. cool to see and put up a 29-point uh, final round there. First, I'll talk on the slam dunk. Yeah, I agree. I don't know if it should be first because I think it's better than the skills challenge. I don't know what the hell they did with that format, but it was just way too long and drawn out. And I'll, I'll be honest, they just got to get better participants in that thing. Like, I'm, I'm cool on seeing the, the Antetokopo yeah, brothers man. who are fringe NBA players at this point, or at least one of the brothers is. So that wasn't that tight. We got to incentivize these players to get in the dunk contest because that's the only way you're going to get good players. Like, no one wants to see Obi Toppin again and whatever that was for Jalen green, trying to get a top shot and all that. I mean, awful. and, and Juan Toscano Anderson doing Jason Richardson, a complete disservice by putting on his Jersey and not being able to jump more than like a 30 inch vert, trying to put that <laughs> off the side of the backboards. Bruh. I love Juan, Juan Toscano Anderson, man. What a great story, but dude, dude. <laughs> great, great, great story. Great fantasy guy to stream every once in a while. Like we've, we've been following the Juan T story for a while. So it was great to even see him on the stage and get that opportunity. But at the same time, bro, know your limits. Yeah. You're not, you don't have that Jay rich in you. So no. yeah, that, that was pretty annoying, but um, yeah, shout out to cat for representing for the big men, taking down the three point shootout. That was pretty cool. I don't really like his form very much a set shot, but dude, he was just wet and he definitely benefited from uh, the mountain dew balls. Cause uh, he was splashing those things. I had Luke Kennard at plus four fifty there. Um, thought he was going to pull it out, but cat is the champ, but We'll say, though, Cat has been talking about him being one of the greatest shooting bigs of all time. And that's one of the things you got to do to prove it. You got to win that three point shootout. And didn't know if you were aware, but he is eighth in NBA history in in true field goal percentage. Um, Only behind and most of the people that lead in that are usually big men. Um, The only other person that's in the top 10 that's not a big man is Steph Curry. So pretty, pretty esteemed territory considering that, you know, Carl Anthony Towns is not your traditional big. Like he actually shoots the ball and he, he proved it on Saturday night. That's a Steph Curry's the best shooter of all time stat right there for him to be I mean, in that. I mean, he's literally weird with like Rudy Gobert, DeAndre Jordan. And then you have a guy that shoots 40% from the three point line for his career, 50, almost 50% from the field. Like crazy how efficient Steph Curry is. 
always. But yeah, let's get into part two of week 18. Kick it off by discussing important schedules and waiver considerations heading into this extended week. You know, this week, as I said, it starts on Thursday, ends on Sunday. So it's a condensed schedule, really compact. You got seven games on Thursday, nine games on Friday, seven games on Saturday, and then eight games on Sunday to close it out. We got four teams playing three games in four nights. They are the Boston Celtics, the Denver Nuggets, the Detroit Pistons, and the Phoenix Suns. So I want to talk about these four teams first, because given where we are, I saw you tweeted out, there's varying settings like when your playoffs actually start. For most of the leagues that I'm in, they start week 21. That really gives us two and a half weeks left of fantasy basketball. So this is where your waivers is going to come into extreme importance here. Um, some injuries to watch. We'll start on the Boston side. Marcus Smart and Robert Williams both missed games with calf injuries before the All-Star break. Doesn't seem like there's too much concern around those injuries. So um, I know that that might maybe change your decision on maybe you want to stream Grant Williams. But being that they play three games in four nights... Grant Williams, I think, still remains an option. But I want to get your thoughts on the Celtics. As far as the Celtics are concerned, Robert Williams didn't leave a game early with the calf injury. It just kind of popped up post-game, missed a couple games. It was a back-to-back ahead of the All-Star break. He's likely fine. Uh, we haven't heard anything really about you know his injury or anything. We haven't really seen anything with it. So I, I would expect he comes back and he's fine. So for that reason, I wouldn't touch Grant Williams just yet unless you see that you know Robert Williams is – is potentially on the injury report come Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, Marcus Smart, however, left with an, a pretty gruesome-looking ankle injury. I mean, not maybe not gruesome, but it looked like he definitely twisted that thing, and he, he had a hard time getting off the court. So he could potentially miss some time. Um, if he does, you're looking at Derek White coming into the starting lineup, which we saw, which is obviously great for him. He's, he's not really a free agent in most leagues, so um, really nothing there. And uh, Aaron Neesmith becomes an interesting ad. He saw the most minutes uh, off the bench for the Celtics in the uh, game and a half that uh, Marcus Smart didn't play. Uh, so he, he'd be a potential option. Peyton Pritchard, a little bit deeper leagues. But, I mean, three games is going to give you a big advantage over, you know, a team that might play one game uh, at the back end of Week 18. And we'll talk about who those are uh, here in a little bit. So you have a couple options for the Celtics uh, in terms of who to stream, but don't go crazy. And obviously, you know, wait to see what the injuries look like for smart and Williams come Thursday. Yeah, definitely keep an eye out on Marcus smart and his prognosis going forward. What about Denver nuggets? Um, Monty Morris has just been cooking. I know you've been following his, his recent surge of what he's been doing as a point guard, just extremely, extremely efficient. And uh, he's only 49% rostered in Yahoo fantasy league. So they think there's some upside in streaming him and potentially Jeff Green this week, but talk to me more about Monte Morris. Yeah, Monte Morris. Uh, people probably dropped him uh, after he was sidelined for a few games, which was over the span of over a couple weeks, I think, for uh, he had concussion symptoms. Uh, it was in the protocol. He came back, uh, and he's been really good in the last couple games. And over the course of the last 13 games, Monte Morris has 68 assists to just eight turnovers an 8.5 assist to turnover ratio. The guy shoots like near, I, I think it's like near 50% from the field. I could, he's almost like a, he's not Tyrese Halliburton, but he's in the same kind of mold. Like a lot of assists, few turnovers, pretty good field goal percentage, good free throw percentages. So, I mean, with the Nuggets playing three games here at the, at the back end of week 18, like Monty Moore should be rostered in way more than 49% of Yahoo leagues at this point. So, 
I wouldn't even wait until, you know, Wednesday or Thursday to pick him up. Like he needs to be rostered pretty much everywhere at this point. Like he's, he's a mainstay in the Denver Nuggets rotation. Uh, they need guys that can, that can, you know, push the pace. And Monty Morris just hit that game winner the other night. So obviously Nicole Jokic is looking for him. So definitely get him on your roster for the end of this week. Yeah. The Denver Nuggets, they're a really interesting team because they don't really have too many people outside of Nikola Jokic and Will Barton on a consistent basis. So Monty Morris, as he's hitting this stride here, I think it's, it's, it's been pretty clear. Michael Malone has wanted to give whoever's the hot hand at point guard, the minutes. And right now that's clearly Monty Morris. So yeah, lock him in there. We did get reports. We talked about it last week, but Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. Could be returned at some point this season, given you, if you got to figure out when your, your playoffs are, but you may not be able to actually get them from a fantasy perspective this season. This could be like a late, a late season, some minutes just to get ready for the playoffs type of thing. So Monty Morris to me is the clear winner there. And Jeff Green, I think we've seen his minutes kind of fluctuate over the last month or so, but uh, he always gives you that, that center eligibility, which is kind of sneaky when you have, you know, that if you have a couple big slate games, you need to sneak in a, another center in there in the double center slot. Um, he's a good person for that. He can give you threes, rebounds, points, uh, definitely gives you some blocks on occasion too. So keep an eye out on Jeff Green. Yeah, um, he's, 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 yeah, for sure. He's an option. Obviously, um, DeMarcus Cousins was there for the last uh, few games. He was on a 10 day contract or maybe two, diff- two different 10 day contracts. I believe that's yeah. up now, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so he'd have to, Denver would have to sign him for the rest of the season, which, which actually makes Jeff Green a little bit more of an attractive option right now, uh, at least for the back end of week 18, unless, unless I'm off base there. But I think I, I think I saw Keith Smith say that um, on Sunday morning. So uh, Jeff Green becomes a, becomes a much better streaming option with Boogie no longer in Denver, so long as he's not signing a contract. Yeah. So let's go to Detroit. And uh, man, I don't, I know you probably saw so recording this on Sunday right before the all-star game and uh, <laughs> things just went down in Michigan. I don't know if it was in Detroit, it was actually in Wisconsin. Jawan Howard just throwing bows, um, <laughs> <laughs> dropping them. I mean, that was complete melee, man. That's nuts that the, the coach actually started that. But uh, yeah, I digress. Uh, the Pistons played three games. So a couple of guys that I was looking at, Hamadou Diallo continues to still get minutes. He's over his last 10. He's averaged over 22 minutes a game. He's still getting in almost 13 points, six rebounds, one assist and a steal per contest doesn't really hurt you in field goal percentage. doesn't really do much in the threes department or free throw, but um, I think he's definitely look worth a look. Um, Killian Hayes also, he, he tends to just get minutes and he produces when he's off the bench, not as much as when he's a starter. So uh, I think right now he's actually riding a pretty nice wave here. So he could be worth a look if you have a, uh, if you have a, a gap on any of the days over the next four nights, but um yeah, want to get your thoughts on the Detroit Pistons. There's anybody worth streaming on the on that squad? Yeah, I'm, I'm never gonna jump jump for joy um, rostering any of these guys outside of Cade Cunningham, Sadiq Bay, or Jeremy Grant. Um, for whatever reason, you know the Detroit Pistons still feel the need to run a ten man rotation, so it's limiting guys minutes off the bench. Um, Marvin Bagley, they just traded for him, and he's getting more minutes than Kelly Olynyk right now. Um, if for some reason you need rebounds to end out this week, Marvin Bagley is your guy averaging, uh, I believe it's seven and a half rebounds in his first two games with the Pistons. Um, he's playing 20 plus minutes. Uh, they've got games against the Cavaliers, the Celtics and the Hornets, all who have, um, some big men there. So Bagley should see his fair share of minutes, uh, off the bench. So I like him. Kelly Olynyk's been only averaging 15 minutes per contest in the two games Marvin Bagley's played. So I'm a little bit cooled on him. However, he still does put up, you know, 
whatever stats. Uh, he's a pretty good per minute guy, right? So even in 15 minutes per game, you know, if they play three games this week, you could do much worse than uh, than a guy like Kelly Olenek. Like I, I, I'd rather roster him than, uh, you know, a guy playing one, possibly even a guy playing two games at this point. I mean, you dump him at the end of this week, but these three games and four nights is definitely an advantage. So to, to take advantage of that while you can. Right. And that's why we're throwing out these names. These aren't, you know, guys you're going to hold on to for the rest of the season. This is literally trying to get you, you know, a couple extra nights of production um, when you need it most if you're vying for a playoff spot. So the final team that plays three games in four nights is the Phoenix Suns. And pretty significant injury here to the star point guard of the Phoenix Suns, Chris Paul. We haven't gotten a firm update on his hand yet. He has received an MRI. He was he was seen wearing a brace at All-Star Weekend. We don't know that he's going to play. He mentioned he might try to get a couple assists in there. But um, it, it doesn't look like, I mean, with the Phoenix Suns, uh, clearly the number one seed right now in the West, I would imagine they don't want to rush it too quickly, just given his history with injuries. But um, we also haven't really gotten too much of an update on campaign. So this kind of slides in Aaron Holiday, potentially, to get some more minutes here. We saw him. Uh, sub in for Chris Paul when he left the game, got 20 minutes, had uh, 9.6 assists in only 20 minutes. So he's been doing pretty good in the in the first three games that he's received some uh, playing time. Um, but then you also got to worry about, you know, Cam Johnson also did uh, get nicked up a little bit. So Jay Crowder could also have some value here as well. But want to talk about the point guard situation more so. Um, and give me your thoughts on the Aaron Holiday slash uh, campaign situation. So I think we actually did get a piece of news a, a few days ago, uh, just at the front end of the all-star break, that campaign was probably going to return after the all-star break. So if that's the case, I'm a little bit more cooled on Aaron holiday, but it looked like Aaron holiday was a ahead of at least Alfred Payton in the pecking order for point guards. Uh, when CP three went down uh, in the game before the all-star break, what I'm going to do here is I'm definitely going to keep an eye on the, the Wednesday and Thursday injury report for the Suns because whoever's playing point guard uh, for them against uh, their first two games are against the Oklahoma City Thunder and the New Orleans Pelicans. Like Chris Paul probably doesn't play in those two games. It's, it's a back-to-back right off the all-star break. Uh, he just said we, he can miss time. He's got the brace, show, uh, the wrist brace showing up at the, at the all-star break. So, yeah, I mean, whoever's playing point guard for that team, definitely get them get them in your lineup uh, this week, whether it's campaign or Aaron Holiday. Personally, I would love if, if campaign missed a couple more games because I think Aaron Holiday's got a, a very good chance at uh, some pretty good fantasy production here at the back end of week 18. And then, yeah, if 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 Cam Johnson is is healthy, he's definitely got to be rostered as well. I know he's been dropped from quite a few teams with uh, Jay Crowder back in the lineup. But, yeah, Cam Johnson probably needs to be rostered as well at this point. Yeah, I was just looking around on Twitter just to try to see if I can get any kind of clarity on campaign because it was rumored that he was going to be returned after the All-Star break, but showed up to a Grand Canyon. I went to deep in the Twitter <laughs> bag on this one. Apparently, he showed up at a game somewhere in the Pac-12 on some bum squad and interviewed with this lady on the sideline saying he hopes to be back in a couple weeks. And this was of 20 hours ago. So, you know, somewhere on Saturday. So the fact that campaign saying he's going to be back in a couple of weeks, I'll take that as enough reason to go pick up Aaron Holiday. And I already did it. Food for thought. I don't know if he's going to be back yet. So I'd rather trust in the fact that, you know, they seem to really like Aaron Holiday and the fans also seem to like him, Monty Williams. So yeah. I think they're going to give him some run. 
And here's a piece of information that I kind of like to, after the trade deadline, you know, a team acquires a player, they play pretty well. Like they acquired a player for a reason. Like they, they have interest in playing that player, especially, especially you saw, you see Phoenix are a good team. Uh, they brought him in off the bench when CP3 got hurt and he was a plus 11 in a, in like a three or four point win. Like he, he produced, looked really good. Um, he's a holiday. Like the holidays are all good players. They're all good NBA players. Yeah. So it, it just tells you a lot right there that they trusted him off the bench when CP3 went down. So that'd be my pickup for a uh, rest of week 18. Yeah. I'm glad I beat you to that one. So let's talk about uh, the teams that play two games in four nights. And that is 24 teams. So a lot of them, um, <laughs> you're not going to name them all or what? Yeah, no, nah, I'm on, not, gonna, not, not going to do that for you guys. But I just—I guess we can just focus on any either injuries or streams that, that interest you. Give me some ideas that are or other streams we're monitoring over the course of the week. My favorite two pickups right now are both uh, centers with power forward. Uh, I'm not sure one guy's power forward eligibility, but both center eligibility, which is extremely important. Jackson Hayes, he entered the starting lineup for the Pelicans, not as a result of the Pelicans playing against two big men, but as a Ron result of just... Graham. Right, just just right uh, over Devontae Graham against the Mavericks, who started Dorian Finney-Smith at the power forward. So obviously it wasn't because of that, because Dorian Finney-Smith is not a big man like that. So Jackson Hayes has a very, very good opportunity ahead of him, as long as he can stick in the starting lineup and see 25-plus minutes a game, which I think he will. He dealt with foul trouble in that game, had four fouls in the first half and still played like 30 minutes. And uh, he, uh, he shoot, the dude shoots like, I think his last three games, he's 18 of 22 from the field. And he shoots 70, high 70s from the free throw line. For a big man, that's, that's super impressive uh, numbers right there. Um, we're, talking, we're talking Jared Allen type uh, percentages right there for Jackson Hayes. And then also Maxi Kleba, uh, big time ad. I mean, it's a guy who can hit three threes in a game and block five shots in a game. What's enough to like about that? Like he's, he's, uh, he's definitely probably under, uh, under roster at this point, especially with Chris Porzingis now in Washington. Um, Dwight Powell still starts there for the Mavericks, but Maxi Kleeb is the guy that closes out the games and he's the guy that's got the rapport with Luca. So both those guys need to be added uh, right now. Yeah. Another guy I want to throw out there um, who's seen 30 plus minutes in five straight is Corey Kispert. Now yeah. that might be, that might be affected by Chris Porzingis returning on Thursday, but uh, he's been solid, man. He's hit double digits in three of his last five, including a 20 point, six assist performance. He's hit threes. He's hit at least four threes in two out of those five games, a little bit turnover prone, but um, I like the minutes that he's getting. So Washington is going to be one of those teams that is clearly going to be tanking towards the end of the season here. So we could see the rookie uh, get more minutes there. Um, Also interesting. I've seen more people adding Joe Harris just because Steve Nash, I guess, said that there's a possibility he could return, but oh, I don't really, I, I don't, I don't really like his value going forward here with Patty Mills and Seth, Seth Curry now pretty much cannibalizing each other for those, uh, those buckets. With Listen, Kyrie Irving. here's the thing to, to keep in mind: right now is not the time for speculative ads. Like yeah. we are, we are coming down the home stretch. You have two weeks to get into the fantasy basketball playoffs. Unless like you're in first or second place and you're like ten to twelve games above your opponents, you know you're gonna get that first round by. You know, why not take a shot on, I don't know, Joe Harris or or Lonzo Ball if he was dropped or, you know, even Jamal Murray. Like, those guys aren't going to help you right now, but maybe they help you uh, championship uh, week 23. It's possible. So if you've got the IL spot, definitely, definitely a move. But, you know, most people, I would say, are fighting for that, that playoff spot. So you don't want to waste a transaction on, on a guy like that, on Joe Harris. Yeah. 
Right. Curious about a <laughs> Isaiah Roby. Darius Baisley finally had a bad game, but yeah. he dropped 17 and 12 right before the break on uh, 29 minutes. I, I'm, I know it's a speculative ad, but like just given we know what the Thunder do post All-Star break, are you looking at any of those Thunder players that might have a little bit of upside? Like Lou Dort missed some time um, right before the All-Star break. We know Shea Gilgis-Alexander hasn't gotten an update. Is there any of those Thunder players or tanking teams in general that you're kind of looking at? <laughs> yeah, I don't think Shea plays the rest of the season. Like, what's the no. point? You, you right. called that too. You, you yeah. called that way earlier. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean it's... I mean, it's definitely possible that he does come back and play a little bit, but but what's the yeah. point? They're trying to lose right. ball games, right? right. Um, Isaiah Roby, I like. However, they were playing the Spurs. Jakob Pertl's not the best defensive big in the league. I mean, he's, he's good. Like, he's good from a fantasy perspective. I love Jakob Pertl. Um, but he's not very good on defensive end. So so Isaiah Roby sort of had a field day. What did he go, 17 and 12? You said yeah. But he doesn't. Yeah, yeah. He, his minutes fluctuate too much for me. Uh, you know, he, even if, even when he starts, sometimes he gets in foul trouble. Goes, you know, twenty minutes. He rarely gets above thirty. Um, yeah, not exactly sure what's going on with Lou Dort. Uh, hopefully, it's something minor, and he'll, he'll be back uh, after the, the All Star break. But I mean, I've been in on Darius Baisley since he entered the starting lineup, and he he seems to be playing lots of minutes. Uh, uh, Alexei Pokusevsky, uh, everyone's favorite guy from last season, looks to be a decent. Uh, uh, waiver wire ad because he's been getting like 28 to 30 minutes off the bench with extremely high usage. So he's an option as well. And then uh, take a look at Trey Mann. However, I mean, he had a, he had one really good game right before the break, but typically he's not doing a whole lot other than scoring and, and hitting some threes. So, um, so I mean, the, the listen, Oklahoma city is a fun team uh, to watch. They, they run up and down the floor. They've got a pretty favorable you know, fantasy playoff schedule. So if, if they get down to sort of a narrow rotation, like those are the guys you want uh, on your squad uh, to end the season. So let's get to the the bottom of the barrel here. Two teams playing only one game in uh, four nights, and that's the Milwaukee Bucks and the Orlando Magic. Got to be safe to assume you can just drop people like Chuma Kiki, uh, maybe even Jalen Suggs. But Milwaukee, you know, with all their injuries in the backcourt, um, yeah, I think Pat Connaughton, he's he's hurt, you know, fractured hand. And then you got Grayson Allen, who was missing time before the All-Star break. So, yeah, not really much fantasy value here. And to, you only get one one game in four days. Not not much there. So pretty yeah, much avoid all Milwaukee and Orlando players. Yeah, listen, it, it really depends on on what you need, you know, here towards the end of the week. Chuma Okiki is a steals guy. So if you're if you're uh, if you don't like if you don't need if you're, you know, up in steals a lot, like. Yeah, Chumo Kiki has been a top fifty player the last two weeks, but you don't you don't need his services because you know he may not get, even get those steals, or he he shoots a bad percentage. You know, it's even one game, so he's not getting you the counting stats that even like an Aaron Holiday would get, and he could help you in uh, you know get fifteen assists or so over the course of three games in this uh, the end of this week. So, you know, Jalen Suggs, great name, Chumo Kiki's been on fire recently because of the defensive metrics, but if you need wins and you need stats in certain categories, like feel free to drop these guys and then just figure it out afterward. There's always going to be a next streaming opportunity and guys like Jalen Suggs and Chuma Okiki are not untouchable despite what you think they may be. Yeah. And they play, you know, Orlando magic plays on Friday, which has nine games. So there's a very good chance that you're going to have other people available to, to slot in there that are probably better. Um, so just evaluate where you stand in terms of, um, you know, they're different categories and maybe it makes sense to start Chumo on Friday, but more than likely 
Um, I'm sure you can probably find better options there. Um, all right. So, yeah, so that pretty much concludes week 18. The teams that play Thursday and Friday on a back-to-back, you got the Timberwolves, the Thunder, and the Suns. Teams playing on a back-to-back on Saturday, Sunday are the Celtics, Nuggets, and Pistons. And then you have a Friday, Saturday uh, back-to-back with, with the Heat, Spurs, Raptors, and Wizards. So let's talk about playoffs. Um, given that each uh, league is a little bit different, we wanted to just give you uh, an outlook of the next two weeks because we know at least guaranteed you'll have two weeks of fantasy basketball left through week 20. Um, what are the teams that you're really targeting if you're fighting for a playoff spot? couple teams here, uh, the Toronto Raptors, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Houston Rockets, the Miami Heat, and the Orlando Magic. So they each play eight games uh, between weeks 19 and 20. If you're fighting for that playoff spot, those eight games in two weeks matter a lot. So, for example, like we just talked about, dropping Chuma Okiki and Jalen Suggs. Like, you have to you have to consider all sort of variables here. Like, if if you don't need you know uh, two games from a player that you could pick up and you know by dropping them this week, it makes sense to hold them because they they have a pretty favorable week nineteen and twenty. So we should have caveated the last segment by by sort of saying that. So don't don't necessarily drop those guys. Really take a look and see if it, you know if you don't need them, then you know hold on to them. If you like, if you don't need their, you know, pickups or whatever, don't drop those guys and 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 ride them out week week nineteen and twenty. Um, guys on the Timberwolves like Jaden McDaniels has been really good recently. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt has been really good recently. Uh, you can even trade for players on these teams. Like, I really like Christian Wood, for example. Like the Rockets, they've got a very favorable schedule here down the stretch, not week nineteen and twenty, and also the fantasy playoffs. And not many of their games are against teams with over 500 records. So I don't expect the Rockets to be blown out very much when they are blown out. Christian Wood doesn't get the minutes plays like 25 right. minutes a game, but when they're not blown out, man, Christian Wood puts up numbers. You could be a top 75 guy and he's showing up as sort of this top 150 guy recently because they played in three straight blowouts to uh, leading up to the all-star break. So he's a guy I'd be interested in buying low on right now. If, if I'm looking at uh, acquiring somebody for the stretch run. Yeah, so I know you've been on these Toronto Raptors for quite some time. Um, yes, going, into, going into next week, they play a, a back-to-back on Thursday and Friday against Detroit and Orlando. They actually play two back-to-back sets in, in that week. Just wondering if you have any concern about them resting, you know, like a Fred Van Vliet. You know, he's been taken off a couple of nights for his knee or, or anyone else. Um, if you try to acquire those players, do you think that there's a risk that they're going to sit some of those and not ruining the value of the five-game week, but not totally fulfilling it? We haven't seen much of that from Nick Nurse and, and Toronto's in the in the heat of the playoff race. So I'm not sure that that does happen. Uh, we saw some of that stuff last season when they were out of the playoffs, but I, I don't I don't foresee that happening too much. Fred Van Vliet's been uh, dinged up a little bit. He's missed a couple of games recently, but, you know, with the all star break, I, don't, I, I really see you know teams rejuvenated at this point. I, I don't see them taking time off uh, if they're in the heat of the playoff race. All right. So what teams are you avoiding if you're fighting for a playoff spot? You know, who has the least favorable schedules in week 19 and 20? And then how could you kind of use that? Would you recommend that most managers try to trade off these players? Being that the trade deadline is what nearing up March 3rd, I believe, in most standard leagues. Yeah, here's a really interesting team. The Portland Trailblazers are probably the most interesting team, depending on where you are in the standings right now. In week 19 and 20, they play a total of five games. 
five, just five. That's three less than the teams we just talked about. That's huge. Like that's, that's an enormous difference. So if you're, if you're rostering Anthony Simons and you are on the cusp of not making the playoffs, like it makes sense to see what you can get for him now because, because you you know, you, you can't take advantage of Portland's favorable, you know, playoff schedule if you're not in the playoffs. Right. So, all right. Yeah. So, so yes, like you can, you can take a chance and only have five games out of Anthony Simons. And then the trailblazers have one of the most favorable schedules in the fantasy playoffs in weeks 21 through 23. I believe they play 12 games, which is absolutely clutch. So if you're in first or second place and you have Anthony Simons right now, or you have Yusuf Nurkic right now, you're probably sitting pretty because you're going to get them in the fantasy playoffs. Uh, they're actually like on the cusp of the 10th seed, if I'm not mistaken. So they're going to, they're going to be like playing these guys like pretty heavy minutes. Um, so it, it really just depends on exactly where you stand in the playoffs. Justice Winslow, if you're in first or second place, you have Justice Winslow, like love that, like great pickup, you know, don't worry about weeks 19 and 20, but if you need to make the playoffs weeks 19 and 20, I'd rather have one of the guys that plays eight games as opposed to Anthony Simons and Yusuf Nurkic, for example. Right. And then on the, I mean, there's some other teams. So like the Bulls, the Sixers, the Wizards, the Hornets, the Celtics, they all play six games across weeks 19 and 20. So three games a piece for most of those guys. Um, man. Yeah. So I don't know that you want to get rid of like the superstars of like a Jason Tatum and uh Jalen Brown type, no, but or, no, but. You, you, you deal, you, you, you take a look at the extremes, right? The, the trailblazers five games compared to some teams that have eight is like the, is an, is an extreme when you're talking about ca- counting stats, it's definitely an extreme, but yeah. you're talking about six games versus eight, you know, superstars, stuff like that. You're not dropping superstars, but a proactive thing you could do, like James Harden's going to come into Philly and he's going to eat up usage. That's going to take usage down from, I mean, Joel Embiid's still going to eat, right? But, but Tyrese Maxey though, I mean, you Tyrese might, Maxey this and, might be and, a good time to sell and Tobias Harris. Yeah. But it's a similar situation to the trailblazers. They have a weak schedule in week 19 and 20, but a very favorable schedule in the fantasy playoffs. They play 12 games just like the Trailblazers do. So, again, depends on where you are in the standings and how active you want to be uh, in trying to trade away players and getting ahead of the curve. Yeah, so that, I think that's a good segue into it. So you, you kind of alluded to it. Like if you're in a position where you can afford to maybe trade some players now and acquire, you know, take the risk and acquire an Anthony Simons if you're in, a, in the number one or you know, you have a buy going into the playoffs or something like that because you're getting some favorable schedules. The, the Cleveland Cavaliers, I think, would also fall into that category. So would you buy low on someone like Darius Garland, who's been in and out of the lineup? I mean, obviously, he showed out for All-Star Weekend in Cleveland, but he's missed quite a bit of time over the course of the last week or so um, with injuries. So I think he's a perfect person to, like, buy low on. Um, and then on the Wizards side, I mean, do you risk it and go for, like, Chris Stapps Porzingis or, I don't know, Kyle Kuzma, something about somebody that's going to be clearly be tanking uh, towards the end of the season here, um, but also has a ton of usage and upside from a fantasy perspective. With the new system with the playoffs is right. That they've got the 10 seed getting into the play in tournament. Like yeah. that more teams have more things to play for. So even the team like Portland has something to play for. And I'm not as worried that they're going to just throw in the towel and you're not going to get guys like Nurkic and Anthony Simons playing at the end of the season. Um, but like you said, the Cavs, the Wizards, the Trailblazers, and the Sixers all have 12 games in weeks 21 through 23. You know, if you're sitting pretty right now and you're gonna, you know for sure you're gonna make the playoffs and and you know and you know for sure you're gonna have a buy. Like those first round buys are super important. 
So don't, don't sacrifice a buy just, just because we're telling you to buy this guy or sell this guy. There's only the number of games they play. Um, but yeah, Chris Asporzingis comes into a very nice role. He probably affects uh, guys like uh, uh, Kispert and Denny Avdia the most, I would say. Uh, also, uh, Thomas Bryant, Daniel Gafford for sure. But those guys okay. are, you know, fringe They're already. Right. Yeah, fringe. <laughs> yeah, fringe rosterable guys to begin with. But Chris Tapps really enters into a nice uh, little situation there in Washington, where he's probably going to be the focal point uh, of that offense. I mean, they they traded for him, so they obviously want the guy. They didn't have to give up very much and just Spencer Dinwiddie. But yeah, those players on those teams definitely interested in Darius Garland, uh, Evan Mobley, big time buy low. Like he looks really good right now. Looks really good with Karis LeVert in the lineup as well. Um, and he's uh, he, he you know he's he's been just a like a top hundred guy for the season, but in the last four games since the trade deadline, I believe he's a top thirty five or so guy. So he looks he looks rejuvenated as well. Um, and then yeah, Anthony Simons and Yusuf Nurkic are going to win some people a fantasy championship. Um, so we can end out on a hot take here. So of these people that are, you know, obviously in a good position in their playoff standings now, what teams and players would you be willing to trade um, off your team to make a, a, a deep run into the playoffs for weeks 21 through 23? Hey and this is, this is the Memphis Grizzlies and the Los Angeles Clippers. But the problem with – we got the Clippers. They've got, like, no – like must roster guys <laughs> anymore. Say, yeah, right. <laughs> like, nor, well, it was Norm Powell, and then now Norm Powell's yeah. out for a while. Uh, who knows what Roko's doing? But you could probably drop Roko. Like, yeah, you know, even like they played nine games in weeks twenty-one through twenty-three, three less than the teams we just mentioned. And you know, you need to strongly consider getting rid of Desmond Bain, John Morant, Jaron, Jaron Jackson Jr. Woo. Seriously, like these these guys can help you. But their schedule is so bad in the fantasy playoffs that if you're like, okay, our, our trade deadline is March 3rd, right? The playoffs start March 14th. Between between March 3rd and March 14th, you're not going to be missing those guys that much. Like, you're, re- you're really not. But then March 14th hits, which is the start of the playoffs, and you're going to be hurting if Desmond Bain and John Morant are still on your team. Because what you can get for them now, Nobody in your league right now, except that they're listening to this podcast or other podcasts or, or reading, you know, tea leaves and stuff, is understanding that they play way fewer games in the fantasy playoffs. So take advantage of that, uh, of that nugget of information and, and see what you can get for a guy like Desmond Bain, who's been performing very admirably this season. I mean, he, he can get cold so easily, one or two games, and, you know, now you only have him for nine games in three weeks. It's awful. Yeah, so just I mean, something to consider. But, but you're also, it's not like you're, you're trading away bumps here. Like, you usually get substantial return. Absolutely. Morant, Desmond Bain, JJ. Absolutely. Like, no doubt. The, the Clippers side, maybe not so much, but 100% the Grizzlies. Dude, I would, I would, like, I would trade Desmond Bain for Evan Mobley. And Desmond Bain, yeah. Desmond Bain has been a, a better, he's been like a top 50, 40 or 50 guy. Evan Mobley's only like a top 90 guy. I would mm-hmm. absolutely make that trade before the fantasy trade deadline. Wise words from Mr. Koffler here. So that'll do it for the Fantasy Basketball Podcast for Week 18. Make sure you check back in with us. We'll be giving you a rundown on ActionNetwork.com for the Fantasy Forecast with myself and Joe Delira. We'll be back next week, as always, giving you guys the info that you need to get through the season and, and hopefully take home a fantasy championship. If you haven't downloaded Prize Picks, make sure you do that ASAP. Use promo code ACTION10. That's ACT. ION10 and they will match your first deposit up to $100. Download the Action Network app if you haven't already. Tell our action experts and track your bets as well. We'll be back 
once again tomorrow with the big picture with Matt Moore, Raheem Palmer, and Brandon Anderson. Until next week, we'll talk to you. Let's get buckets.